0: okay steven i have a question for you that is going to change your life what power would you want like like superpower what would you pick anything this is going to sound so
1: terrible i would pick the ability to wave a wand and solve life and death problems like
0: what's a life and death problem
1: you know this whole refugee thing you know
0: okay but that's um but here's I- the gonna thing i'm going to call that magical thinking rather than an I actual know. power well
1: and you know it's interesting you say that cuz that's my problem with it is i think that most people who present public views about it are talking magical thinking uh solutions to it. Because really what these are, these are political failures that, you know, have nothing to do with the other end where the refugees are ending. But anyway... And and,
0: and the waving of a wand to have a direct result, there's so many complicated things in like solving... Okay, so you want a real...
1: You want me to name a real superpower?
0: Let's just say, out of all the powers superheroes and comic books have, which one
1: would you use? Is there a... Hitting a golf ball flush and straight every time, superpower? Yeah, yeah, that could be a superpower. I would take that. I would like, although that would get so boring. It'd be it'd get so boring so fast. It'd be like playing backgammon, NJ on and like the easy always, setting,
0: and always rolling double sixes. No, no. I,
1: have you ever played that way? Have you ever done no, that? Rolled no. it out? It's not good.
0: But you know, everybody always says, "Oh, I'd like to fly. Right? Or sure. I like to yeah. lift things. Wait, what's the question? Is this
1: the question? No, what, this is not oh, the question. This is all prelude gonna to the question. It's going to be related to the question. Okay. All
0: right. So, so like, I always think to myself. Uh, there's almost no superpower. Any like like for instance, running fast. When am I ever gonna, like like the Flash? When am I ever gonna have a reason to like run really fast? You know, or lifting like huge weights like Superman.
1: I'm never gonna. Well, lift those are those are industrial era superpowers. Yeah. If comic right, books right. are Good being point. created now. By all those nice young Jewish boys on their mothers' challah boards. like you know, I mean, right? The, all those, all those comic books and all those superheroes were like very Jewish and had all oh, these.
0: And I'm going to promote your book, Confessions of a Hero Worshipper, where you was talk that in about there? This? Did I talk yeah. about
1: that a little bit? But um, but no. Can you imagine that if superheroes were being invented today, what their powers would be? They'd be unrecognizable from what all these other powers are, right? Because yeah, these are all feats of strength, and they're not even. Are there even any strengths of like intuition and knowing and mind reading? There must be some, right? But when was the golden era of, like, creation of the superheroes, from, like, the late 30s through for, for the— For the
0: superheroes we read right now, yeah. um, there's a period in the late 30s, and there's the early 60s. Right. So Superman is late 30s, and Spider-Man and all basically all the Avengers and Fantastic Four is early 60s.
1: So I guess it reflects the kind of, you know, realities of the age or the age yeah. past, so industrial well, era and even Cold War, right? Well,
0: well, think about it. Superman was kind of this patriotic type of hero, right? Whereas all of the 60s— heroes they got their powers by being overexposed to nuclear energy right and we were so afraid of like atomic bombs and the cold war and stuff like that but just, just to a, a answer my own prelude question. This is all uh, still prelude. Prelude. I like the I, prelude. I would pick teleportation. Nice. Because
1: then you could just— I, Save on gas.
0: Yeah, and I, let's say I want to go to India and have their coffee. Uh, I could just go to India and teleport. So, or take a yoga class there, or whatever. I think
1: teleportation, if that's the word, and if it were on a list, a multiple-choice list of possible superpowers, I bet most people would choose that, now that you mention it.
0: Even as a kid, I really wanted to astral project— Just so I could, you know, like sort of have a ghost of yourself outside of your body. So you could like fly around and go like the ring of Gyges,
1: like the ring of Gyges. So that I could just spy on
0: people, like spy on my friends. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, the real question. The question is, what is a mind trick you know of? And I'll give you and somebody answered with some really interesting answers. For instance, if you ask a question and receive only a partial answer, respond with polite silence. Simply wait. A more complete
1: answer will usually follow. I I love that. I think it's a great idea. I sometimes have the wherewithal to do that when I'm interviewing people. But usually I'm too impatient maybe to like say you know will you drill down then like will you ask I, further i often try and then sometimes you know look interviewing people is a really strange thing because it's um yeah if you don't say do anything and they don't do anything oh, you're then, you, then then you got nothing yeah but also it's a lot to ask someone you know one of the, the reason i became a journalist cuz i thought it was the greatest scam that you could ask people these questions that no way you could ever in polite society get away with asking. Right. You have a total excuse. It's for the New York Times. Yeah. You have to answer. Right. It's like, why'd you make that decision? Why did you pay that person that? Why did you leave? Why did you quit that? Why do you, why do you think it turned out that way? So when you sense that people are not giving you the whole answer out of kind of human respect for them, you want to say, you know what? They told me what they're willing to say. And I'm going to move on. But professionally and also out of childlike curiosity, I do want to know more. But I like that. I like that trick.
0: So here, here's another mind trick that this guy wrote. If you're trying to find something, so let's say you lost something. Try looking right to left as opposed to left to right. Your eyes tend to skim over things if you search in the direction you're used to reading in. So skim the opposite way. So if
1: you're used to Hebrew or Arabic or Aramaic, you want to go the other left way, or, uh, right? Many of the right. Asian yeah. languages, right? So wait, the argument is if you're looking for something, yeah, let's that say you're looking lost,
0: for your keys, right? Don't look from
1: left right to, right. to left. Wait, look don't look from left to right. No, don't look. You're saying don't look the way that you normally read. Yeah,
0: you know, maybe this
1: guy, maybe this guy comes from, he's from India. Oh, there you go. Okay. (laughs) I don't know what what that they read. But basically the idea is you don't want to look in the direction that you generally read because you have this habit of skimming. That's the idea? Yeah. Okay. How do you find a golf ball that's lost? Here's a question. So the golfers run into this all the time. Do you walk kind of up and back? Like that, making lines. Like I walk up ten yards, so, and so I turn you're around, saying, I walk well, back. You
0: walk vertically. Then do I walk back, vertically, then vertically, then
1: vertically then back? Right in har- in parallel lines, or do you maybe make a big circle, a concentric circle? So What's the answer? Well, I don't know. I don't know the answer. I just know I lose so, so many golf balls. So his argument would be. His argument would be for you. Look, uh, whatever
0: your strategy you use, walking. Yeah. Look from left to right instead of right to left.
1: Or or just atypical to what, the way you normally look at things. Like one thing I learned about looking for golf balls is you want to just put the sun, if there is, or whatever light it is behind you so that you, even if it means going way up and then looking back so you get the mm. reflection. That's I learn a lot because I hit a lot of golf balls in places that aren't the fairway.
0: Okay, here's another one. If you need to remember to do anything the next day, this guy puts something in his room out of place. And so this works every time. Say, for example— He comes from a place where they don't make Post-its? Say, for example, I really want to remember to email my boss before leaving for class. I will put a movie on the floor. I will initially think, why is that? And then he'll remember, oh, yeah, I've got to email my boss. So again, that's like saying,
1: saying if I want to call my mom today— You put a book on the floor that you normally wouldn't put a book on the floor. I don't want to call someone I've never met idiotic, but that sounds idiotic to me.
0: You know why it doesn't sound idiotic to me? It's because you're adding another emotional hook to the memory. So it activates another part of the brain as just the pure memory.
1: Isn't this kind of what notes are for? Like, you write a note? Oh, you can write a note, too. Uh, He's just saying, remember without. (laughs) But what if I, like, see the thing that's out of place and I just, and my mind goes like, oh, man, I can't believe I or someone else left that there. And then I start thinking about how inconsiderate or how stupid or how lazy. he's, He's talking about a mind trick, not a note trick so uh oh so a mind trick is like a way to do things if you don't have a pen is that what you're t- is that what a mind trick is no it just should be an optimizing okay here, i don't like this
0: here's another answer from the same guy i which might I'd be gonna useful. tell you right
1: now i don't like it okay i, I don't, don't care what he you. says i'll
0: tell you i'll just tell you you can decide when trying to get away with something sketchy hate it already okay but i'm gonna just add <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna add i'm gonna add the i'm gonna add a scenario Chinese restaurant you're going into. This has happened right before I went to your office today. Okay. So, Hunan restaurant. You ate restaurant. before
1: you came over no, to no, my no, no. office no, no. for lunch? This
0: is the problem. I wasn't going to be a customer. And there was a sign, as soon as you walk in, restrooms are for customers only. So I left. So he's saying, walk into the place like you own it. Don't glance around. Don't even stop for a second and look confused. Nine times out of ten, nobody will question you. You can get away with lots of things that way. Or, or let's say I wanted to use the restroom in that restaurant. All right. I should have just walked in like I was going to eat there and like I was meeting friends there and like I own the place. Just walk straight to the bathroom, not look around. I hate
1: to say it, this idiot's pretty bright. I, I like that one. Question of the Day will return in a minute. Thanks.
0: I'm so glad this company sponsored the podcast today because I'm totally going to use them. Once I read what they do fracture prints, your photo in vivid color directly on glass. This is going to be a total gift for everyone. I know pictures of me printed on glass for my friends, including Stephen Dubner colors pop like you won't believe. And it even comes on a solid backing. That's rated mount right out of the package. It's all really affordable too, with prices starting at $15 for their small square size. They make fantastic gifts for family and friends because they're the perfect way to celebrate a shared memory with something that is also a unique and modern gift already. I'm totally gonna use this. The website is fractureme.com, and here's the important part. The code question will give you 15% off your first order. Question, use that code at fractureme.com. Big thanks to Fracture for supporting the podcast. We'd love to see your pictures or your fractures when
1: you get them. I'll share one of my favorite travel tips then, which is very related to this, which is when you're in a city of any kind and need to use a restroom. Where resta- where and restaurants can be kind of hard because a lot of restaurants really have the you know restrooms are for customers only vibe right. and sign,
0: particularly in New hotels.
1: York. Hotels Hotels are great. Hotels are a great place to do a lot of things in, even if you're not staying in the hotels. And it is, to me, one of the most bizarre, unwritten rules of modern civilization and hospitality, that hotels absolutely do not try at all to keep out people from their lobbies, at least, um, people who don't belong there. So I use hotels for all kinds of things. Parties. I think, I
0: think also there's no... Uh, kind of in the lobby of a hotel, there, there's no reason for security. You don't know if someone's in there for a convention, for uh, cause I think there's there. a lot of
1: reason for security. I think it's a very hard kind of security to do because of the nature of the kind of place it is. But, you know, his mind trick that I thought was stupid about trying to leave something out of place in your room to help you remember something, it made me think of writing notes. And writing notes made me think of something I thought of the other day. So I was visiting with a relative of mine, a relative of a certain age, and she said that she um, she did very poorly in high school. Uh, she was a pretty poor student. She's a bright person, but she wasn't an academic person at all. So she got on what they call the commercial track. And so for a female who's about 75, 80 years old now, for a female, that meant secretarial, essentially. So it was either like secretarial or bookkeeping. And she said her bookkeeping teacher was a real creep um, who did all this rotten stuff to her. So she got into the secretarial. Like This story was. Did he make a pass at her? No, it wasn't a pass. It was, he was like a spitter when he talked and he would like just missed her. She happened to be sitting in his spitting zone and he would missed her. And she says that she went up to him after the class so as not to embarrass him and said, Mr. So and so, you're like drenching me. But she said, she said it in the most. Frightened and humble way, and he still uh, hated her for it and persecuted. Her. I have no idea how true this story is, but the the rest of the story is where I'm getting to. She therefore was inadvertently shuttled into the secretarial track, and she said that she learned shorthand there. So there were two kinds of there are two kinds of shorthand. Gregg, I remember G R E G G and something else like Pittman or something. And as she was describing it, so basically you learned. She took four years of shorthand in order to take notes fast in order to then type up the notes to turn it into correspondence or a memo or something. And I realized as she's telling me, and I remember when I was learning to type, there were still people doing shorthand, and maybe there are still some people doing shorthand. But I remember the speeds that people can write words per minute of shorthand is very, very, very fast. So I was just asking her, you like, I kind of know what shorthand is, but can you show me some? So she began to show me. And it's basically like a line going this way is for one sound and a line going this way is for another. And there are all these possibilities with very, very little effort and very much economy. And it dawned on me, like, why the hell are we not all writing in shorthand? So isn't it weird if you think about it, when your kids learn to write, like, to get one little n sound, you got to go, like, The line here, it's got to start in the middle. I know, writing is the most unnatural thing. It's crazy. I mean, typing has made it a lot better. But that was a question that wasn't meant to be my turn to ask the question today. But why do you think, James, that until now that most people don't write very much anymore, we type a lot. But why do you think that we never learned to just write shorthand all the time, everybody?
0: I think we kind of grew up with this alphabet. You know, don't forget the alphabet wasn't used to tell stories, right? The alphabet was used for accounting. That's why they developed an alphabet. So, that was the reason for... You're kidding. No. What do you mean by that? For written language, yeah. the first uses yeah. were accounting. I sold 10 of... Oh, so bar, it wasn't meant pa- to be
1: a numerical set. It was meant to be an alpha set, but yeah. to describe commerce, you're saying.
0: Right. It wasn't a way of passing down stories. Gotcha. people gotcha. did that verbally. Right. Right. There was an oral tradition. Socrates, for instance, hated the fact that people wrote... And he was a bad
1: typist, I understand. So
0: <laughs> And so well, we wouldn't even know about Socrates without Plato, right? So people didn't want to write stories in many cases, but it was used, alphanumeric was used. I sold Mr. Johnson five bags of barley in some ancient culture. Okay. And so you didn't necessarily need shorthand for that. It's just one line by line. It might have been easier to do it alphanumeric.
1: But then we wrote, we've been writing for a couple thousand years now. Wouldn't you think that especially before everybody had a computer? Maybe it was easier to typeset on... Uh, the Gutenberg Press. Well, that's one thing, and maybe it's a lot easier to read, although this kind of goes back to a conversation we once had about coffee. Like, you like the coffee you like, whether it's Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts or French press that you make at home, whatever, in part because that's what you started with and got used to and and thought that was the thing. So you can get used to things. We get used to systems, and we assume that those systems are therefore optimal. I'll give you, here's a question, James. You wearing a belt today? No. Why not? I never wear belts. Why not?
0: You know why? Because I feel like I don't— You feel like
1: belts are stupid, right? I don't
0: tuck my shirt in. Like, no, that feels true. dorky. Right. So I have my shirt out, and then the belt sticks out. It looks like I have some sort of weird, like, Protrusion, crinkly punch. a pork loin.
1: <laughs> yes. Right. Okay, so, so I happen to be on your team. I think belts are ridiculous. But belts are something that almost everybody wears, men, because—why? Because we wear them. It's become a custom, even if it's very suboptimal. Like ties. Like ties, yeah, although ties are, are, have changed uh, in, in the last bunch of years. A lot fewer people now wear ties. But that said, my argument is simply this. We get used to what we get used to, whether it's a political practice, an article of clothing, something we eat, a way we talk, a way we pray, whatever. And if you get used to it, it's very easy to accept it as, if not optimal, then very good without saying, hey, you know what, we've been doing this thing for years because the people before us did it. And why they do it because people before them did it without ever stopping to think like, holy cow, is this at even close to being the best way to do it? And that was the thought I had about the way that we write handwritten, handwrite our language. And that really, if the purpose of writing is to communicate, the more you can communicate in a clear and concise amount of time, the better it is. I think we should all be writing shorthand. Now, it's probably but, too late. Again, to your point, though, I don't know. It sounds like shorthand's easy to
0: write if you learn how. I don't know how easy it is to read. It's very easy to read if you learn to
1: read shorthand, especially before right. you learn to read, you know, uh written. Well, but, I but find, you know,
0: this is like the Betamax versus, the, versus VHS
1: you, example, right? I guess it is. I guess it is. So the, Right. Be, it, you the know. suboptimal victor uh, but paradox. But I'll, I'll
0: tell you a case where it didn't work tell me. was search engines. So, right. The fifth search engine one and not the first. Right.
1: Alta Vista was a beauty, wasn't it? Yeah,
0: and Excite, Lycos, right. the World Wide Web Worm. You ever use that? I didn't use the World Wide that was Web n- Worm. Nineteen ninety-two, Tim
1: Berners-Lee it was really? his search engine. No kidding. Yeah. Let me let me go back to one more on the shorthand. It's, I hate to bang this, but I actually think this is You're something. Really banging the shorthand. I am banging the shorthand. You know, you ever come across letters from a family member or maybe a stranger in a museum, whatever? And we, my wife recently dug up a letter that was written to her father from a family friend in the probably 19, I don't know, 40s, 50s. It was an old letter. And we had to sit there and try to decipher this thing because handwriting, there's such a high variance in handwriting, right? People, 10 people can make a cursive A in 10 different ways. People have very different levels of skill in handwriting. And therefore, a lot of handwriting is really hard to read. Shorthand, by nature of its simplicity, the line up like this means an N sound or whatever, right? Would be much more decipherable, I would argue. And therefore, I think that for anyone in the world who cares about handwriting and reading handwriting we should have a unilateral consideration let me put it that way well, can you make a typewriter shorthand. a shorthand typewriter i think that's what a, a court stenographer uses uh, Is yeah. some kind i don't know i don't know yeah, i'm yeah, speaking uh, beyond my depth here as as always well look i do have one more mind trick give it to me okay let me it doesn't involve shorthand it
0: doesn't involve shorthand okay so here's his mind hack often in the middle of a conversation which i can't break off of I try to induce a sleep wave simply by yawning slowly at regular intervals and dropping down my eyelids. After a while,
1: the crowd fades away. We'll answer another question tomorrow. Hear what it is right after this.
0: I really love this company that sponsored the podcast here, and I love this idea, I'm gonna use it over and over. Fracture prints your photo in vivid color directly on glass. It's been described as HDTV for your photos, and it's really affordable with prices starting at $15 for their small square size. The website is FractureMe.com, and here's the important part. The code, question, will give you 15% off of your first order, question. Use that code at FractureMe.com big thanks to Fracture for supporting the podcast. We'd love to see your pictures of your fractures when you get them. Here's what we have lined up for the next
1: episode of Question of the Day. This is a question that comes from uh, Janet Yu, who tweeted to us at QOD, and she writes, what's worse, regretting something you've done, or regretting not having done something at all? I think both are really bad. I think regret In other words, you have to do everything and then not regret anything.